0: is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have the power woman, Sharon Napier. Sharon is the Director of Clix Australia and New Zealand, an influential leader shaping the organisational diversity culture from the top. Sharon has over 15 years experience in the IT industry and has held very senior positions at several global companies such as Serena, CA Technologies and Deloitte's. Sharon believes that you have to really, really, really work hard to get what you want and to never give up on your dreams. As you will hear in this interview, Sharon has an abundance of energy. She is persistent, tenacious and has a lot of resilience. Sharon is also big on believing in yourself to do whatever you really set your focus and mind on. However, to always keep your feet on the ground and to remember that we are all equal, no matter if you are the cleaner or the MD of any organisation. As you will hear, Sharon truly cares for every individual she encounters. So sit back, tune in, and enjoy. Hey, Sharon, welcome to I Am One Project. How are you today?
1: I'm very well. How are you?
0: I'm very good, thank you. So just before we came onto the show, we're having a bit of a chat about your uh, interesting career. If you would like to maybe uh, tell us a little bit about yourself so that our listeners get to understand exactly who Sharon is.
1: Sure. No problems. Um, I'm Sharon Napier and um, I'm the managing director and the, the regional business owner for Australian and New Zealand for a software company.
0: Okay, and um, tell us how you got into that. How did you get into IT? Oh,
1: it sort of was a, a bit of a long story. Um, I didn't actually start in IT and I actually um, had no background in technology at all. Um, when I was at school, actually when I left school, I was going to be a chiropractor. And um, when, I, when I didn't get the marks to go to the university that I wanted to, um, a girlfriend's mother said to me, why don't you do business? And um, I was pretty much doing nothing at the time, so I thought, well, why don't I do business? So I went off and, and did my business career, uh, degree and um, and I ended up starting in marketing um, and I wasn't overly impressed with marketing. It was okay, but um, the sales guys in the the business that I worked in at the time seemed to be having a little bit more fun than than what the marketing guys did. So I moved very quickly into sales, and um, and I ended up over a couple of years becoming the general manager of that company, and it was a, a supply chain company, so it was manufacturing and distribution uh, along the supply chain into retail, uh, very much a, a male dominated uh, industry, and um, I, I sort of uh, I did that for quite a long time, and um, about. 14 years ago um, IT was becoming a really big buzz sort of thing to be in and um, as I said I had no IT background but it seemed really interesting and so I completely changed my career and I went back into frontline sales in IT and um, the rest sort of is history.
0: Mm, I've actually I've got a little bit of background in IT and it's a very different environment, isn't it? Very fast-paced and uh, very male-dominant. How did you cope in that particular environment?
1: I think that they're the, well, not so much the male domination, even though at the time, you know, it was nice when I was younger. But, um, you know, I think that the fast pace was what got me. Um, I think that's the reason why I actually went into sales in the beginning. Um, It was that absolutely always changing, incredibly dynamic, you know, fast pace, you know, uh, lots of energy uh, every day. And that I was sort of quite hyperactive. Um, just generally. And I think I still pretty much am. And, um, and I think that that energy was something that I saw in the IT market. And I think that that's what really attracted me. And it hasn't let me down every single day is, you know, it's another, it's another hill to run up and it's something different. And it's, you know, extremes of every type you could possibly think about. So um, it's that very dynamic environment. And I think that that is actually what attracts a lot of people to the industry.
0: And it's quite a competitive market, too, isn't it? Oh, massively. It's not an easy market, I don't think anyway.
1: No, and I think competition is getting um is getting more prolific um with cloud and and all those sorts of different offerings that are coming into the space. You know you can you can be a startup and you can be incredibly successful very quickly. Um, and you know there's certain parts of the the industry that are really booming, and one is obviously business intelligence. and you know that's one of the things that is now uh, attracting a, a huge amount of startups and a, a huge amount of competition.
0: Sharon you sound like you've got lots of energy. So what how does Sharon has downtime?
1: I don't think Sharon has downtime. Um, <laughs> and not not in the in not in the, you know, sitting down and looking at my navel sort of downtime, but I think my downtime is um getting rid of the rest of my energy. So I, I am I'm a very energetic sort of person as far as, you know, I'm always on, um, which I think is it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, I do go to the gym pretty much every day. Um, I cycle a lot. Um, I run. I snow ski. I um, do bike races. I used to do mountain bike racing up until probably two years ago. Uh, so I was competitive in that and I was actually, I became in my, my age category, I was the national champion uh, for mountain biking, which was interesting. Um, and so I keep very, very active outside of work. And I think that that keeps, um, I think that keeps my mind really sharp, but it also helps me sort of settle my, you know, my energy for the, the next sort of day.
0: Wow, I'm I'm just trying to pick up my jaw off the ground. I'm just thinking, how do you do? Like, what's your secret? How do you have all this energy? I,
1: you know, I don't know. Um, I suppose I, I've been, I've been very competitive, um, all my life. I was a um a gymnast, a gymnast at um at school, and I was a national champion. And I was a um a classical ballet dancer for about 15 years, um, before I went to university, and I think that the disciplines that those sorts of sports sort of you know you thrive on that sort of discipline and that perfection and the execution and and I think that that's um it's a very energetic sort of um sort of thing
0: yeah. And do you think that's got anything to do with your working environment? Because I know for myself, when I'm listening to you, I think that I was, you know, when I was working in a corporate environment, um, and, and you do, it's that fast pace, it kind of sort of has an on-flow effect in your personal life. So, you know, I was also very active in that kind of environment. But I have to say that when I moved out of that environment, I definitely slowed down a lot. Do you think it has anything to do with the fast pace environment that you're currently in?
1: Um. I think it does. I think that it's a mindset. Um, I think that if you have that sort of motivation to, you know, go and exert a serious amount of energy riding a 200-kilometre race or, you know, 50 kilometres in the, the bush sort of thing, I think if you have that energy, um, you sort of, you, you invigorate the environment that you're in. So um, my team here are, are very young. Um, and that's a really, for me, that's a great thing because, you know, I, I very much like to watch people be successful around me and, and that sort of the energy that I've got is sort of quite infectious um, and I think that the team here um, basically draw a lot on that um, and sort of, you know, buy in on that energy and, and get excited and get driven and all that sort of stuff. So I, I actually think that it has a flow-on effect. You know, my husband, it exhausts him. But, you know, I'm sure it invigorates all my all my team that I'm with every day.
0: And you sound so down to earth, and I really do believe that. Really, when you have one of those leaders that are always, you know, upbeat, energetic, it does kind of it's contagious. It rubs off on, on you a little bit.
1: Yeah, and look, I I'm lucky because I've had some really great mentors over the years, and I've um, I had a really good business coach, and um, you know, I, I've always had I've always been really um, I've been extroverted, but I think I'm very extroverted now. Um, I think it's a level of confidence you get sort of as you age um, and as you do things and as that you're successful. Um, and I, I just think that you know that sort of whole dynamic is something that um, you know it, it is very infectious. Um, and you know people want to be part of something that is exciting. Um, You know, if if we're doing a big deal or something like that, then, you know, people want to really get involved because it's exciting and we're having fun and, you know, we're playing around a bit and all that sort of stuff. So I I think that it does actually, um, it does bring people along with you.
0: I think, Sharon, that's what you create. You you create that space for other people to have fun because I've worked with lots of organizations and not all of them function at that level.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Yeah.
0: So, Sharon, what drives you?
1: Um, I, I think that, you know, I I look back on things and sort of go, I've been very successful and I've had some, um, fabulous people help me along the way. I think that really, the thing that really drives me now is watching the people that I coach and mentor and sponsor and, you know, in my business, um, watching them be successful. That's really, to me, it's like, um, I said this the other day to, to one of the guys you know, it's like a really proud mother sitting on the sideline watching their, you know, their children play sport, you know. You're so excited and so proud and all of that sort of stuff. That, that's sort of the feeling that I get when I see my people being really successful. So I think that what drives me is to see them successful. That's, I mean, it might sound like a bit of a cliche, but that's, that's really what does get me up in the morning.
0: Well, that's just signs of a great leader, if you ask me. I mean, if that's how you get inspired is by your people, that just shows that, it, you know, I mean, when you think about it, it's, 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 um, you know, organizations are run by people. So, yeah. you know, and if we focus on our people, I mean, that's where the success comes into it. Absolutely. Yeah. So with the benefits of hindsight, what would you have done differently in your life or career? Um,
1: I think in reflection, uh, I probably would have had more children. <laughs> That's one thing. I only have one son, um, but I think what I what's probably the most important thing is that you know I didn't find out till very late in my career um, that I was really good at what I did, and I remember my business coach um, working with me for quite a while, and I saw her a number of years later, and her her and I are personal friends and. She sort of said to me, um, you know, we were talking generally and I said, oh, you know, I'm doing this. And I said, no, I'm really good at this. And she sort of looked at me and in a bit of a shock and she said, I worked for so many years to hear you say that you think you're good at something. Um, I think denial of how good you are of something is a very female trait. I think it's something that we as women um, don't sing our own praises and we don't tell people that we're actually really good at something that we really are and I wish I had have been able to do that earlier because you know I'd probably be running for prime minister and probably would have got elected given the, the recent things but you know I, I think that that belief in myself I would have loved to have got that earlier.
0: Oh, it's, it's so great to hear you say that. And you know, sometimes some of us women never get to that. So it makes me so happy to hear you say that because it's true. You know, I have a lot of, um I've worked in a lot of corporations for the last 22 years and also have a lot of corporate clients and you know and it, it's so true like women there's this whole denial of, and self-worth I think too um, and you know you don't see enough women in leadership roles or in executive roles and I think that when these opportunities present they tend to think about it whereas men jump into it and they'll worry about how to do it later but yeah. you know women tend to sit back and go oh is this really for me am I good enough is you know and sometimes especially if you're a mother too you're kind of torn between I mean I'm a mother of one too and I was a single mother for about 11 years so climbing the corporate ladder there's guilt attached to that too
1: oh absolutely
0: yeah yeah
1: I look I I I took on a, a an international role I was running uh Australia New Zealand uh Southeast Asia China Korea India and Japan and I did that for about 10 years and I missed really 10 years of my son growing up and the guilt that actually, you know, my ex husband stayed at home with my son, but the guilt that I carried with me all the time, um, was incredible. Um, but you sort of, you know, it's, it's that whole struggle between, you know, your career and, you know, your child. And my ex husband stayed at home with my son. So I was, I felt a, a lot more comfortable that, you know, it wasn't someone else looking after him. But I, I used to put myself through absolute hell, um, being away. And I was away a lot. I was away in some months, I'd be away three weeks. Yeah. So, you know, it's really, I think women that have, you know, I've got, um, uh, some of my senior team here have got young children. Um, and when they want to work from home, I'm good with that, you know, and, you know, some of them work from home twice a week anyway, just generally. But, um, you know, we've had six babies here in the last 12 months. Um, so it's a very family orientated environment. Um, and I encourage that. And, you know, it's one of those things that you know, having that environment, um, you are able to be successful. I've got, you know, some, uh, my marketing director, she's incredibly talented, but she's still trying to get to the, I'm really good at what I do sort of thing. She's got a young child, you know, she's a single mom, all that sort of stuff. And she's amazing. Um, and I keep telling her that. So, you know, it is a very, very challenging environment.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, as, I know, as I'm listening to you, you do I think that, you know, as my son got older and definitely when he turned 21, I had those kind of conversations about me feeling guilty that I couldn't uh, be there at school when they had, like, you know, mothers come over with cakes and things like that because I was always, you know, uh, working really hard. So, But I think as they get older, they they get to understand that you did what you did and you did the best you could with the information you had at that time. Yeah. So I'm sure that, um you know, they're very forgiving.
1: Oh, they are. And, yeah. you know my my son is my you know my best friend you know he's sort of um he's 21 so he'll be 21 in november and he just you know we get on so well and he doesn't feel like he missed out on anything because the time you know people talk about quality and quantity but it's true if you have really really good quality time if you don't have a lot of time with your kids just as long as as it's you know, outstanding when you have it, then that's the most important thing and that's what they remember and they remember that you love them and that's, you know, fundamentally that's all you need to give them.
0: And that's it. That's so true, isn't it? And it's like the things that we feel guilty about, like I know that when I've had those conversations with my son, he doesn't even remember some no. of the things. <laughs> so it's, it's all in your mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> true. I'm speaking to myself here, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sharon, what's the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Um, I think it's something that
1: I also told my son when he was very young. Um, and it was a number of years ago in two thousand and seven, um, and I was I was I stepped into quite a, a big job um running the region. I've never ever worked internationally in my life and I was reporting to um head of worldwide, which was out of the US. And after a couple of months, um, he said to me, "You got to believe that you can do anything you set your mind to." And I sort of, you know, it's it's one of those things about confidence as well. Um, but I really sort of took that and thought, you know, if I look back on the stuff that I've done, I've done some pretty amazing things. And he's probably right. If I if I really want to make you know, what I'm doing successful, I just have to believe that I can. And and I did and I was very successful and am very successful. And, you know, I, I suppose I do, I told my son that when he was very little and he tells me now at his age, you know, I can do anything I want, Mum. You always used to tell me that. And I think that knowing that I can do it, knowing that I have the confidence I suppose believe in myself um, that I can do things and I can do anything. I think that that's sort of um, that's sort of the thing.
0: God, what an amazing role model you are. Imagine what your son's going to be. He's a plumber. He's a plumber. But he's ima- a very just good plumber. Imagine, and it doesn't mean they're going to, I mean, my son's also a plumber, so isn't that funny? <laughs> I just think that he works in big constructive sites, but he's doing yeah. his last year apprenticeship now. But, you know, I hear him speak uh, very similar to, you know, some of the things that I've, I've spoken to him about, and I hear him yeah. say it to his friends. Yeah. Like, you know, for example, one of his friends will say uh, he had a bit of a car accident. Well, not just a bit of a car accident. He had a car accident, yeah. and he said, see? I'm just bad luck. And I heard my son say, so if you believe you're a bad luck and if you think that way, then guess what? It's exactly yeah. what you will bring into your life. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that sounds like me. <laughs> it sounds like mini me. It's scary,
1: isn't it? Yeah, Matt's that's exactly the same.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. It's great. So what's your greatest lesson that you have ever learned?
1: I think, well, I don't think that things come your way unless you work really, really hard. Um, you know, I think that there's people that, you know, fall into things and and sort of, you know, are successful for a short period of time, but it's it's people that, well, man, I've worked really, really hard um, and I never, ever give up on what I'm trying to actually get to. So, you know, if I have a dream or if I'm, you know, wanting to, to, to get to something, then I, I don't give up. I'm incredibly tenacious about what I want to do. And, um, and I think that that's what I've learned is working hard and tenacity um, gets you to whatever you want to be.
0: It's really interesting you hear you saying that because I that was one of my beliefs too, um, and I and I find myself still today work really really hard, and I <laughs> <Don't> see <not. laughs> that it runs in the family almost. I see my brother and my sister do yeah. the same thing, and my parents, you know, they came to Australia. It's just it's it's almost it's it's part of our DNA. Yeah. Uh, and my husband said to me one day, he says, if you think that you've got to really work hard to get what you want out of life, then that's what you need to do. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because I'm hearing you you you're 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 saying that you actually have to work really hard to get what you want and not and to be persistent. Um and that's how I think. Yeah. But then there's that that other I guess the flip side of that of that is, you know, you it's about working smarter, not so much harder. So it's, you know, and I'm I'm practicing that at the moment. I'm practicing yeah. not working so hard because, yes. to be honest, I've come to a point in my life this year where I want to simplify my life a little bit because I feel like I have worked so hard for such a long time.
1: We must be the same age. Yes. I, I'm exactly the same. I, I really, you know, I, I haven't lost my enthusiasm or my energy. I just... I think I've reached a point where I've realized that I don't have to do everything. It's, you know, it's that whole um, ability to delegate when you've actually been such a high performer is a really, really difficult thing. Um, It's a very difficult thing to learn when you've been a control freak, you know, for, for your success sort of thing. And, and I think getting to that point where you sort of go, you know, I, I'm actually going to delegate some of this stuff because, firstly, it's the right thing to do because it makes other people grow. Um, but secondly, because I don't have to do everything all the time anymore because, there's, you know, you bring some great people up with you and you then, you know, giving them more responsibility and more autonomy and stuff like that, you know, it it elevates yourself away from a lot of the stuff that you would normally do so it gives you a little bit of breathing space. Um, but it helps them as well, I think.
0: And I think that's a really good point. What you bring up is, you know, and I'm I'm relating to you. I think we're very similar, um, <laughs> very controlling in that sense. That you know, I, I I felt like I needed to do everything to get it completed, and it's probably probably in the last three four years where I've learned to delegate and let go and just understand that I don't you know I'm not I'm a generalist as I was saying before I'm not an expert in everything and I never call my myself an expert because I'll never stop learning but it's a, it's about I think collaborating and and I think once you step back and allow other people to you know give them the space to shine it also allows you to be a mentor and a coach for others as well which is sounds somewhat like what you're doing you're you you're very much inspired by your people but it sounds like you're also mentoring and coaching your people as well
1: yeah and and that's what i you know it's one of those things that don't solve the problem ask someone how they think they would you Mm. know it's it's just being able to not jump in all the time um and and that's really that's how you're going to best coach your people um to be better and and think more broadly and also themselves be more successful because you know they're actually solving problems themselves and doing things themselves. You know, and, and the great thing is, is that you you develop a amazing you know leadership team underneath you that is incredibly competent. You know, um, a couple of years ago when I reached this point with my leadership team, um, I went on holidays and it was the first time in ten years I didn't check emails because I knew that the team had the whole thing sorted, and if there was you know, a major fire burning, someone would call me. But I came back from holidays and it was all fine. And, you know, that was that was actually a really confronting thing for me. Um, but it was incredibly satisfying because I realized that I'd actually built this amazing team that I that inspire me, but they're they're so talented and they're they're fantastic. And, you know, I'm very, very blessed to have them. But, you know, it's part of what you know, I've been involved with as far as helping them along the journey um, to get them there. That's, um, you know, ultimately resulted in me having, you know, I suppose a bit of time off.
0: <laughs> and, and, you know, I have to, I'm listening to you and I'm kind of cringing because I remember when I uh, went away for a week with my husband and he said, no emails, no phone. <laughs> and uh, we call it the crack phone. I was like, really? And he goes, your team will be fine. Everyone will be fine. <laughs> and uh, honestly, it took me a week to actually get over it. Uh, and to not check my phone and then just after that week we came back and I got into it but it took me a whole week to actually let go. Did yeah. you get the same thing? Did you find it really hard to just let it go? Uh,
1: I did and the good thing was is that we went away to a, um, a private island and we got to the island and um, they said, oh, you know, the reception's not very good here. If you want reception, you've got to go down to the, you know, the gift shop or whatever. So, you know, of a morning you'd see all these senior executives standing around the gift shop with their iPads and their their phones and stuff getting their emails downloaded and all this sort of stuff and um, there was a telecommunications um, tower in the next island which the next day had a fire on it and the um, the tower actually burnt down and we had nothing. We had no phone um network at all for about I don't know it was about five days and it was fantastic so um, yeah it was very difficult but uh, I got very used to it quite quickly when I didn't have a choice
0: yeah well that was a sign wasn't it to it was yeah. let everything go
1: absolutely
0: so Sharon what keeps you up at night do you you don't seem like you worry too much
1: um I, I do um, you know I think that there's a there's a cadence in the business um, around performance, and um, you know, I think years ago um, businesses used to look at performance over a year, and then it became you know business over half years, and then you know performance over a quarter, and now there's very much a monthly focus on performance and and being you know sort of delivering you know sort of results and and big results every month. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, coming into the end of the month and end of the quarter, um, and the volume of things that go on. So, you know, my business has grown from 20 people to almost 100 in three years. And it, the volume that has changed with that growth, um, it's just, you know, going to sleep and waking up in the middle of the night and thinking, oh, that's right, I've got to do those things and I've got to tell those things to other people and I've got to get these emails out and I've got to organise that thing and I've got to write these proposals. And it's they're the sorts of things that your mind doesn't sort of stop. Um, And I I suppose they're the things that are ongoing um, and they they don't seem to ever sort of, um, they don't seem to lessen at all.
0: Yeah, I, I, I uh, have to say that I have relate to, to to the exact same thing, and I think that for me, I have this little checklist, though like I can. Um, if they if they think that are repetitive, sort of in the month, or quarter, whatever that may be, uh, a little checklist so that I don't have to lie in bed thinking about it, because otherwise, and somebody taught me that actually, that to empty the the thoughts in your mind is to write it down, so that you okay. can actually every time you if you if you're lying there thinking about all this stuff, just write it down, so you're emptying your head, and then when you're actually lying on the pillow, then you've got nothing else to think about, and you'll go to sleep.
1: Okay, I'm taking notes now.
0: <laughs> but having a checklist like if if it's especially if it's a, a one that you um have to do all the time it's just a matter yeah. of like tick 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 I've done that or you know it's it's just there for you to do anyway
1: yeah no I um I've adopted the sticky note on my monitor and up my wall philosophy so rather than writing myself long lists now I write um single things on sticky notes and as I do them I tear them off my computer and throw them in the bin so I'm you know, visually producing results because I'm getting rid of the sticky notes but it's all right in front of my face. So I actually, you know, I do have sticky notes at home which when I'm in the bathroom I write on my sticky notes and bring them to work.
0: <laughs> oh, Sharon, we are so similar. I've got bright <laughs> pink, yellow, green, blue ones. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm a sticky note queen.
1: <laughs> Excellent. I am too.
0: Yeah. So, Sharon, who's been your greatest influence?
1: Um, I've probably had two two people and i've mentioned them both already um the guy that i used to report to um in the us um he was based in california and i i was running asia pacific in japan and um he was the guy that basically told me that i could do anything that i set my mind to and um he and i are still great friends um actually i only spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and probably my other biggest influence is um is my business coach and she was sort of my business coach for a couple of years but she became um, a really close personal friend and I recently got married again about just over a year ago and um, and she stood up and spoke at our wedding and you know she's one of those sorts of people that she was the one that made me believe um, that I was actually good at things and, um, and made me realize like how good I really was at some things so not at all but you know of some things um but, yeah, you know, so they're probably the two people that fundamentally changed my direction or, or the speed at which I I went forward.
0: Oh, how beautiful. I love the fact that now you guys are friends. It's just gorgeous. You'd you never hear that. I think that's beautiful.
1: Yeah. I'm very, very blessed, I think.
0: Yeah. So we always love to ask our women of inspiration, if you had to pick one word that best describes your personal brand, what would that be?
1: Oh, tenacious. I think that that's what, you know, when people describe me, um, that's sort of what they say, I'm tenacious.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Now that I've actually gotten to know you a little bit, absolutely, that's definitely your word, tenacious. (laughs) So, uh, when we wrap up and we are about to wrap up now, we always ask that um, our women of inspiration share three golden nuggets that they would like to give to our listeners. So, what would be your three golden nuggets?
1: Um I think there's a there's sometimes a desire to go floating in the clouds when you're um successful. I think keeping your feet well and firmly um planted on the ground, um, no matter how successful you are, um, is really, really important. Um, it provides you an ability to be authentic and it also provides you ability to help other people be successful. So I think being very grounded um, is is one thing. Um, definitely believing in yourself. So I talked about, you know, having confidence and believing that you can do anything that you want. I think that's a really, really key thing. Um, And I I sort of mentioned the word authentic before, but I think being like truly caring for people um, and the people that you're the custodian of. So in my business, you know, I have a, a lot of people here that, you know, people have their ups and downs and their, you know, personal um, problems and family issues and all that sort of stuff um, so being authentic in that environment um, you know I think is really really important so there's probably my three things
0: I love the one about keeping your, fan, your feet on the ground, and that just shows, um, you know, that to me, you, that's so you. You're so down to earth, and I think that sometimes, you know, especially the higher up you get, um, in especially in the corporate environment, ego can get in the way, and um, you know, and sometimes I think that has an impact on how you lead a team. Yes. Yeah. So I really do like that one.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly and genuinely think those three things are the things that have been the secret to my
0: success. Mm. Sharon it's been such a pleasure to getting to know you thank you so so much for coming on the show and obviously we'll have all your social media handles and everything on um on I am woman project and uh, once again thank you for your time your energy it's been wonderful
1: oh Catherine it's been absolutely delightful I really appreciate the time that you've given me
0: no thank you so much great thank you That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.